Welcome to Hey YA Extra Credit. Every other week opposite the main Hey YA podcast, we'll bring you a short-form podcast of YA talk across a wide range of topics. I'm Erica Ezefetti. In today's episode, I will be talking about books centered around artists. I feel like a lot of kids wanted to be artists of some sort when they were in like middle school and high school. I don't know if y'all noticed that. And then it's like adulthood came and like what happened? <laughs> I guess life. Life happens. That's always the answer. It's always life. Uh, but the books I mentioned today will show how easy it is to lose that passion for art, unfortunately, or any creative endeavor. But before we get into them, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Unchipped, the most epic dystopian science fiction adventure series that you've probably never heard of. And bonus points because it's Finnish. And when's the last time you read a Finnish dystopian science fiction novel? Right. Okay. So in this one, humanity is destroying itself as a city's burn, which sounds kind of familiar. It is the time of the great affliction. In this terrible world, a new hope arises. The Happiness Program, which is the creation of a Finnish pharmaceutical genius, Dr. Laura Solomon. With happiness, pills, mind mapping, and microchips, Dr. Solomon intends to build a new world for the worthy few, which sounds like a perfect plan and nothing could go wrong, right? Right. So this is a raw but fun dystopian sci-fi adventure with an unusual premise describing what happens when technology rules humanity. Either you're chipped living inside the AR society or you're left outside to barely survive. Make sure to check out Unchipped by Taya DeVere. And thanks again to Unchipped, the most epic dystopian science fiction adventure series that you've probably never heard of for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated. So Negative Space by Jillian Linden follows a week in the life of an English teacher at a New York private school. At home, her children ask constant questions about mortality and her husband offers occasional counsel between Zoom calls. At school, something happens. She accidentally witnesses an ambiguous, possibly inappropriate interaction between a teacher and a student. But how can she be sure of what she saw? Negative Space is a portrait of a woman caught between the pressures of what's normal and what isn't, and examines what we owe the people who depend on us in a fractured and indifferent world. It's a debut novel and a short novel. It's perfect if you want something quick and easy to carry around, but it's also thought-provoking. It takes place during the pandemic, but it's not pandemic-focused, and it really just looks at everyday anxieties and low-threat situations that have high consequences. So make sure to check out Negative Space by Jillian Linden. And thanks again to W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated for sponsoring this episode. So the weekend before this one, I went to a Van Gogh exhibit. Now it was pretty cool. They had some original works by Van Gogh. And if you're familiar, you know that means lots of sunflowers and self-portraits. But they also had these other interesting elements that I feel amped up the experience. Chief among them was the main display, which was this room that you go into. It had a really high ceiling and there were a lot of seating options in the middle. The vibe inside was kind of like, I know this is going to sound weird, but it was kind of like a park where people are lying in hammocks and people are throwing frisbees and then someone else is sitting with their friends in a blanket talking or something, if that makes sense. There were these benches, these beach chair-like chairs, and then this four-sided bench with a pyramid in the middle. I know that sounds weird, but that's exactly what it was. (laughs) It 
There's a small pyramid in the middle. And all of that was surrounded by these four large walls that were covered in this 3D projection. It was like a video collage of Van Gogh's work. It basically kind of took you through his artistic career through animated works of his. Not that he made animated works, but rather they animated his work at times. Like sometimes they showed it. They would show the paintings as they were. Other times they would add some kind of effect, like the painting changing into another painting or making the painting move in some way, depending on, you know, uh, what point you were at in the show. It also included some of his quotes and different things like that. There was a an actual photograph of him as opposed to like a painted self-portrait. Um, it was really cool. And I was surprised that we ended up staying there for more than like two hours. I don't know what we were doing. Well, it was fun. It was really chill, not going to lie. But it was really it was really just relaxing to sit there and literally be immersed in art. So I'm continuing that immersion with today's books, the first of which is a manga. And as I mentioned before, I do like to try to highlight some different books that maybe don't get discussed as much on the show. And there are just so many different kinds of manga that are outside of the popular action style ones. When I say popular, I mean popular in the United States. Um, and don't get me wrong, of course, I really do like the action style ones. Um, so absolutely no shade to those. Shout out always Demon Slayer and Jujutsu Kaisen all day. But yes, the first book reminds me of those kids that I mentioned before. The kids in middle school and high school who were always drawing. Or even if it wasn't that type of art, it seemed like they were musical or something like that. It seemed like they wanted to do that kind of art or be creative for a living. I even had a brief stint with that myself. That is totally out the window. <laughs> LOL. Okay, so <laughs> the first book, the manga I have for you is titled Blank Canvas, My So-Called Artist's Journey. It's by Akiko Higashimura. It's translated by Jenny Mikian. And this one is kind of autobiographical. It's not kind of autobiographical. It is autobiographical, Erica. It's about Akiko which is the artist slash writer's name. She's in high school and she has dreams of becoming a mangaka or a manga artist before she graduates from high school. So, you know, lofty dreams for the sis. I'm not mad, you know, dream big and all that. You know, so that's a lofty, difficult dream, but it's not impossible. But the problem with Akiko is that she really has not been applying herself. And she knows her drawing is... Uh, I believe the French have a word for it. It's it's garbage, the French <laughs> pronunciation. And teenage me super duper relates to that quite literally. Like I remember wanting to be an artist, but then like my drawing sucked. So I was like, hmm, now what to do about that? Um, but also you can, of course, apply this to in a broader sense, like wanting to do something, but knowing that you need work on it. So kind of procrastinating on practicing and la la la. So like, you know, who doesn't relate to that, honestly? So being relatable still, Akiko does what many people do and puts her, all of her faith in one thing, thinking it'll be like a one solution fixes everything type of deal. And that is this art class she heard about. It's kind of a low-key class. It's being run out of this guy's house. A little sketchy sounding. So when she gets there, she's naturally enthusiastic, but that changes. 
The art teacher, Hiraka Sensei, is eccentric, you could say. Some people might just call him abusive. Like, he is excruciatingly blonde, and he tells her she won't get into art school like she wants to at her current level. He also has a bamboo sword that assists him in his lessons, let's say. On top of all that, he doesn't even like manga. But what he does do is get her to draw for hours on end. And it's so intense that she wants to quit. So one day she fakes an illness in the hopes of leaving his class early and never coming back, which sounds like something I would do, honestly. Again, very relatable. Um, so she fakes she fakes the funk, as they say. The plan is foiled, though, when her teacher carries her because he doesn't have a car and he doesn't want her to travel alone while sick. Like, oh my God. But he then waits with her for an hour after they miss the bus. So this shows her the kind of person he is deep down you know, underneath the bamboo sword and the um, loud insults. Uh, she continues going to his classes and yeah, she continues going to his classes. She continues developing as an artist. Uh, the story is full of self-deprecating humor and I like the art style. It's similar to what you'd find with a lot of manga or anime, but I feel like it's more unique and expressive than the average ones that I've come across. The rest of the series follows Akiko's journey as an artist. I think it's really cool to read about creatives, artists, writers, etc. And I love when they talk about their process. So this is really cool. Again, that's Blank Canvas, My So-Called Artist's Journey by Akiko Higashimura, translated by Jenny McKeon. Okay, the next one I have is Starfish by Akimi Don Bowman. Now, okay. This one is considerably less upbeat than the first one. I don't mean to laugh at that, but it's like a marked difference. It comes with a slew of trigger and content warnings, among them abuse. Um, so if you don't want to hear about abuse, you can skip now, skip to the end. But they have different kinds of abuses, racism and self-harm. Um, so it also follows a teenager who is dealing with anxiety. I think we've all heard of the stereotype of artists suffering from mental illness. And while we know it's a stereotype by now, of course, there are plenty of artists who do, just as there are plenty of people in the general population who do. The thing that makes it different for artists is how it may show up in their art and other aspects of their lives, of course. So the main character of Starfish, Kiko, has anxiety, as I mentioned, social anxiety, actually. And it's definitely largely influenced by her narcissistic mother, Kiko is half Japanese and half white, and now her parents have separated. She lives with her white mother, and her mother basically takes out her frustration on Kiko. Um, she makes her hate her Japanese features and just makes her doubt herself in general. So when Kiko is denied admission into an art school she really wanted to go to, and that would have allowed her to escape her really toxic family environment, it's crushing for her. Her friends have moved away for college, and she's left in a house where her mother thought it was a good idea to let her brother, who was Kiko's abusive uncle, move in. Luckily, Kiko crosses paths with an old friend who invites her to stay with his family while she looks at art schools. Throughout, she starts to learn to be her own person outside of the restrictive and abusive space, and there are these interesting descriptions of art at the end of the chapters, which really help to connect and immerse readers into Kiko's art world, I think. But yes, this is a heavy one at the opposite end of the spectrum of the first book I mentioned. And funnily enough, both books follow female Japanese artists, 
which was not on purpose on my end, but hey, I'll take it, you know. It's kind of fitting because Van Gogh was greatly inspired by Japanese art. I had pointed out to my friend, actually, when we were at the exhibit, um, how he had tried to paint a woman in the traditional Japanese art style. And it was like a little crunchy, if you know what I mean. Not quite his forte, but hey, he had other things going for him. So it all worked out. Well, it didn't all work out. He had a rough, um, he did struggle with some mental illness, actually, towards the end. But he is obviously greatly remembered for his art, obviously. So um, the like I said, the exhibit was really interesting. And one last time before I close out this episode, the book is titled Starfish by Akimi Don Bowman. I hope that if you like art or are curious, you get to see a cool exhibit this summer. I really love going to art exhibits in the summer. I don't know why. It's just a tradition I started in um, during college with friends, and it, I've loved to continue it when possible. Um, check your museums and online for free events and exhibits. You might be surprised what you can find free for students, for high school students, college students, even non-students. <laughs> at the very least, I mean, at the very least, you could just beat the heat with some, you know, cool art. So even if you don't like super duper like it, you can step inside in air conditioned space. Just saying. So anyway, thanks so much for tuning in today, as well as our sponsor for making the day show possible. You can follow me on Twitter at Erica underscore easy underscore. Big shout out to Zink as always, our audio editor who makes us sound fantastic. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week on the main podcast where I will be joined by Tears of Price. Until next week, happy reading. Peace.